Hey guys, welcome to the Inside Scoop. This is a special edition of the Inside Scoop where I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with my friend, Michael Byers, and also a parent. And we're naming this podcast, The Idiot's Parent's Guide to Training Your Own Child. And I was teasing Michael in the, uh, in the interview saying, hey, I was that idiot parent and it took me 10 years to not be an idiot. And I wanna shorten that time uh, for other parents. So what we're gonna talk about in this podcast is training your child one-on-one. -on -one and training your, the first steps to training your youth soccer player, okay? Now, we all know that you could just lock them in the basement and force them to do foot skills work and they will be better, right? But no one's gonna do that, no one wants to do that, and you don't wanna miss the plot and demotivate your child uh, trying to help them get better at a sport that they love. So through a lot of trial and error, I have learned a few tricks of the trade that I'm gonna share with Michael and I want you guys to listen in and then comment in the comment section if you have any good ideas. Again, my name is Neil Crawford and I'm the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. And Anytime Soccer Training is a website that we're launching that will have over 1,000 follow-along videos and over 200 hours of follow-along training content covering all the major areas of individual skill development. But our mission is twofold. Number one, we want to, we want to help your child reach their full potential in soccer by providing world-class online training content. But that's not enough. That, we, that's not all we have to do in order to help our children grow and develop. We also want to empower parents with actionable uh, information that will help them support their child. And that's what this podcast is all about. Sometimes we'll talk to coaches from around the world and parents from around the world. And sometimes we'll talk to parents right in the back, backyard in the, in the, but the biggest theme is we want you to walk away with actionable, not these lofty youth child, youth development, no, actionable insight that you can do right now to help your child reach their full potential. So with that, I am so pleased to introduce Michael Byers, who is a friend of mine. Also, his son plays on the same club as my son, IDF Football Club here in Cary, North Carolina. I will link their website below if you're interested. We both want to support our children in soccer. His journey, um, and he'll tell you more about it, is he has two children. One uh, plays high school and some club soccer that she's a teenager. And one is born 2008, if I'm correct, who is starting his journey. And Michael and I have developed a, a great friendship over soccer and business and children. And uh, he's seen my child grow, and and I'm just so excited to share with you in some of the in him some of the information I've gathered over the years. So with that being said, Mr. Michael Byers, parent, soccer dad, businessman, small business administrator, VP, 
and all the above. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Neil, for, I guess, having me, but I'm here to learn um, a little bit about me, and then I'll be quiet and listen. Um, as Neil stated, I do have uh, two kids. I am very busy with work and uh, being married uh, with my, my wife, and both of my kids, uh, my daughter is 15. She does play some travel soccer and with her high school team, which may be changing. Uh, but my son is really taking a liking to playing soccer. And one thing that I've learned in any sport, anything that you do in life, if you do it well, you tend to be, have more fun at it, more enjoyment. The challenge I have really, though, is I, we have to do more than simply going to practice. And I don't have the time to sit with him trying to recreate the wheel, if you will, with the tools and, and things that I've purchased online at Amazon.com. I'm trying to figure out how do I consistently get maybe 10 to 15 minutes out of him a day, on a daily basis to build his technical skills. So hopefully working with uh, anytime soccer training can help with that. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. So the first thing is I had an over arching uh, view on what I wanted to get out of working with my child first before we got into the blocking and tackling of soccer there's two reasons and you hit you already said one of them so we're on the same page that I take a vested interest in my child's soccer development number one is I use soccer as a platform to teach him that valuable life lessons these are obvious, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but work hard at what you do. Arrive early, you know, work, uh, uh, stay a little bit later. But the most important one to me, well, one of the most important ones to me is, hey, when everyone is doing the same thing, you have to figure out a way to be a little bit smarter than the competition as well. So you got to work hard, but you also got to work smarter. That's what Anytime Soccer is about. But Anytime Soccer training is just a manifestation of this philosophy. So that's the first thing. And you already said it. The second thing is, if you establish these foundational skills very early, they will enjoy the game more. And it's a self-fulfilling self prophecy. The more technical they are, the more they get the ball. The more they get the ball, the more fun they have playing the game, right? The more fun they have playing the game, the more technical they'll become. The more technical, and it's just a feedback loop. And the more technical they are, or, ball, or the better they are with the ball, the, the more the coaches and the other kids will put them in a position of leadership. And so I saw that very early on so with my youngest one who was born in 2013 and my older one was born in 2010, I knew I wanted to give them a head start before they joined the club. So then the question becomes, well, how do you do this without driving them crazy? And if you spend any time on social media, you're going to see parents proclaim, and I got my air, air, air quotes up if you can't, if, you, if you're listening to this, how much their child loves to train. But to get the <laughs> thousands, yeah, right, right. But to get the thousands and thousands and thousands of extra touches that you need in order to master the ball, I have never met a child, and, and please comment if you, if you disagree, that loves it. 
I've never met a, a child who who gives a speech, a, a, say a famous musician and says, yeah, I love when my parents forced me to practice my scales or a linguist who said, yeah, I loved it when my parents forced me to um, practice, you know, verb conjugation, noun conjugation. No one loves the dirty work. So the challenge is how do we get those extra touches for our child in a way that doesn't frustrate them definitely doesn't overdo it with them mentally or physically and you don't get frustrated and i stumbled on a, on a formula that works for my family that i want to share with you now before i share what what i do in terms of an overarching philosophy let's talk about two of the biggest pitfalls i see with two or three of the biggest pitfalls i see with parents when they're training their own child Number one is they try to do overload the child with too much information too quickly. I believe the, uh, the teaching and the learning and the strategy and all that kind of stuff is best served by giving the, putting the child in a proper coaching environment. So let the professionals, the trainers do that. You don't, don't spend too much time worrying about that. You're, that's number one. And the second pitfall I see is parents oftentimes try to do too much. Uh, you should spend the time trying to help your child get really good at a few things. And you as a parent should be very good at delivering some simple content that your child can practice over and over again. So the analogy I would use is, or the example I would use is I'm not a trained coach, so I can't go and train everyone's team and everyone's kid. That's what your coach is for. But what I can do is become an expert on a few things within my own child. And that's, that's kind of what I would recommend. Okay. Now, with that being said, I'm going to uh, end this speech with five areas that I think parent, the parent trainer should focus on. And then we're gonna uh, talk about the sessions that I set up for my child that reinforce these five areas. The first area is repetition, repetition, and more repetition. I find it best for the parent trainer to focus on allowing those, to create a system, a routine, to allow those children, your child, to get the most touches in the shortest amount of time. The reason this is important is because it's physically impossible for the trainer or the coach to do that. And most young children just are not gonna do it on their own, it's, they just won't. So focus on clear routines, they should know the routine almost by heart and get those repetitions in. That, and then also, also as a parent, you have total access to your child. So you have an opportunity to get those little reps in, five minutes here, 15 minutes here, it's not overwhelming. As a matter of fact, my son had training today. And after training, we stopped at a field and he did one of the anytime soccer, shameless plugs, but it's true, skill of the week videos. And he was able to get 500 touches in five minutes. And I can guarantee you, 
those 500 touches in those five minutes are more touches than he got in that entire practice. It's not devaluing the practice because there's a lot of teaching and learning, but just growth repetitions, it's best done individually. So repetitions, repetitions, repetitions. The next thing is a relentless focus on being two-footed. A relentless focus on being two-footed. You probably can hear my, uh, hear my passion because I just want parents to understand this. No one is going to ensure that your child can use both feet equally uh, if you don't do it. My focus on my, on my uh, older one using his left foot was so relentless that his teammates and other parents thought he was two-footed, I mean, thought he was left-footed for years. It wasn't until he got stronger with his right foot that they realized he was right-footed. And I'll share a couple of tips throughout the video on how I, how I help my son focus relentlessly on being two-footed. The next thing that a parent trainer should focus on is perfecting aerial control. That's a fancy way of saying all the things around juggling and controlling the ball in the air. This is something that must be done individually and something that children in general don't like doing on their own too much. But you as a parent can set up routines to help them learn how to juggle both feet seamlessly uh, in short, if you use short bursts that keeps them from being frustrated. My son, born in 2010, can juggle nearly 3,000 times. It's not because he came out of the womb uh, with a soccer ball. It's because we would do five to 10 minute juggling sessions before school each day. All right, so that's number three. Number four is definitely find the right soccer environment for them. As a parent, that's your job, right? So we, we talked about IDF Football Club here in Cary. It is a great development environment. Small club with coaches who really care. They are the ones who motivate my child to do the extra effort. When my child works for, with me, I don't expect 100% effort because it's dad, right? I expect my child to give me about 60, 70%, and then I'll push him a little bit on various exercise, exercises but he respects the club at IDF and he gives them his 100%. But when they receive my son, they're receiving soft clay that they can mold, not hard bricks that they got to, you know, break all the way down and build back up. And unfortunately, too many youth soccer players in air quotes again, competitive programs are arriving as hard bricks that the coaches and the, and the staff have to tear down in order to build back up. And the final thing is, once you do all the hard work behind the scenes, just love and support them. That's all you gotta do, because you've done all, you, hey, you've done everything you need to do in the backyard. So when the game comes, just sit back and relax. And while all the other parents are yelling at their kids, which they will do, unfortunately, you just sitting back and enjoying the game because you know, hey, we, this is a journey and we have been putting in the work and what you're seeing on the field is just a reflection of the hard work that my child's put, put in and I can sit back and enjoy it. And that means no coaching on the sidelines. 
I don't say a word to my son on the sidelines. If it's something that I need to tell my son about his soccer game, I got 24, 23 hours, seven days a week to tell him anything that I think he needs to know about soccer. But that day that he's with the, those days that he's with his coaches or on that soccer game, that's his time. And that's my time to sit back and relax. So, Michael, you've heard this speech a zillion times, so I thank you for listening, but I just needed to go ahead and uh, tee it up. Oh, now, now, let's talk about – I want you to repeat your problem, and let's talk about how I sort of think about it and how I, how I deal with it. My problem, I would say, as I stated earlier, is – my son loves playing soccer, but as you stated, most kids don't love doing the practice time on their own. They don't mind practicing with their friends and teammates. And I need to try to figure out a consistent 10 to 20 minute program that I have all this equipment that he can do each day and build and take those skills back to the, to the pitch with his team. Okay. So, Right before I get into the specific exercises that I do, let me tee this up with let me tee this up with a couple of things. I when when I signed my my older one up for competitive soccer, I told him, I made the promise to him that listen, daddy will do everything I can to support you, but I you're gonna have to spend some time training with me as well. But my promise to you is the trainings will be relatively short. The instructions will be very clear. My tone will be very nice. And the expectations will be very clear in the sense that I won't ask you to do anything that I haven't shown you or you haven't done because the focus is really on mastery. So that will be my first conversation because if the child doesn't buy into it, at least notionally, it can be very difficult. You don't want to spring something on them. The next thing that has been game changers for me and my son is, and I'll put this in the show notes, is using interval-based training. I have an interval timer, and I'll put this in the show notes app on my phone. And what that does is it, uh, it allows my son to know exactly how long he, the, the particular exercises are going to take or routines are going to take. And it gives him a cadence that allows us to get the drills done fast. So let me give you an example. We always start each session with a basic juggling routine. And the juggling routine, which I'll put in the show notes, uh, sort of depends, obviously, on their level. My son is at the point where he can juggle continuously. So I'll set my interval timer for, let's say, 10 seconds on, 15 seconds off. Oh, sorry, 10 seconds off. Or 15 seconds on the exercise, 10 seconds off. And as a matter of fact, I'll grab my phone and I'll let you hear a quick beep. Then the typical routine that we will do is I might say, okay, you're gonna do 10 minutes, 10 seconds on, five seconds off, 15 seconds on, five seconds off, it doesn't matter. And you're gonna cycle through. 
So maybe he's doing the cycle would be, and again, he would already know what the cycle is. Right foot only for 15 seconds, five second rest. Left foot only, 15 seconds, five second rest. Both feet, 15 seconds, five second rest. Then it's right thigh, 15 seconds, five second rest. Left thigh, both thighs. And then he cycles through again. And he can also cycle with different balls as well. Right? He knows it's going to be 10 minutes. He knows it's 15 seconds on, five seconds off. This may sound minor, but that little interval, that little 15 seconds with that quick five second rest to do something else is enough to um, give enough of a mental release for him to stay engaged. We all know we've seen parents or coaches, for that matter, I've seen a lot of coaches start off a routine and tell the kid, hey, just, just go warm up juggling. But what happens is, you know, they'll kick the ball and they go way over here and then they'll chase it and kick it over here. But with the interval-based uh, routines, they're getting maximum touches in the shortest amount of time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you hear how, how it might sound on my phone. And for those who are watching the video, you can see the, time, the interval timing here. And then, Michael, I'm going to pause and see if you have any questions about what I just said. So you heard the click. So my son would be doing, say, right foot juggling for 15 seconds. And if you look at this particular thing, it's set up for five minutes. Okay. So it's going off. Then it's a five-second break. He knows, okay, now he's about to do, say, left foot. And it goes on and on, and it just counts down. And while he's doing that routine, I'm setting up the stations for the next routine. And I know I have five minutes or ten minutes to get everything else set up. Okay. And I, I generally start with a juggling or area warm-up uh as the session uh to get his legs and get him warmed up and and i never ask them to do more than they can do and what i mean is if your son or daughter can't juggle continuously just have them do juggle catch it's much better for them to do a consistent juggle catch than to be chasing the ball off throughout the yard and people underestimate how important juggle catch is and there's also continuous juggling where you where the ball hits the ground and they kick it, ball hits the ground and they kick it. That's what I do with my 2013. So do you have any questions, Michael, about that? No, I, I get I get that part. I think one question would be, is that a a pro a program that you've formulated on your own, or how do we get how do I get access to something like that? Again, my biggest challenge is not, I mean, you, you just gave me some nuggets, but now do I have to go think of this on my own? I'm trying to find something where, okay, 15 minutes here, Michael, here's the, here's the app, do this amount of juggling, here's the next activity. How do you get to that particular point? Yeah, so some of it is trial and error. Now, again, shameless plug, anytime soccer training will have over 100 juggling videos that are based on interval training like I just showed you. So the speaker will say, Right foot only, uh, right, you know, right foot only juggling or right foot only juggling catch, and they'll do it for 30 seconds and then they'll have a pause. So, and then I'm going to create playlists, which um, effectively all you got to do is hit play and your gotcha. juggling routine is there. Gotcha. Now, what I did as a parent 
and I recommend this, is once you get a common taxonomy with your child by using Anytime Soccer or going on YouTube or using the other, um, you know, there are other resources are out there, then you can write down, hey, this is kind of specifically what I want to do. Because that's basically what I did, right? I, all right, I knew, oh, he needs to juggle with his right foot. He needs to juggle with his left foot. He needs to juggle with both feet. One thing that's hard to replicate in a technology is this, and it's what I call positive constraints. And I'm going to write a specific ebook on positive constraints. Positive constraints is a fancy word I, we've created here at Anytime Soccer. It's, it's just almost like gamifying. So with the juggling routine, I showed you one way to get maximum touches is um, setting up intervals. But what if you want your child to, what if you feel like your child is not trying as hard as they should, or you want them to stretch themselves and you want to ensure that your, your, your incentives are aligned with theirs? Well, if you verbally chastise them or verbally try to encourage this, we've all been there, the child will likely get frustrated because his dad. Coach can say it, but if you say, and your, your son is a junior. You say, Michael, you can do better. You can do, you can get fun. He's frustrated with you, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do is what we cut. I use positive constraints. So I'll say, all right, Adam, let's say I'm, one of, I'm working with his left foot because I got relentless focus on his left foot. You have 10 attempts to get, and I'll say 10 cumulative attempts to get 100 juggles. All right, so he, he's off. One first one, he gets 15 juggles, all right? Now, he, that's, and I'm counting his attempts. The second attempt, he does it, he gets 10 juggles. So cumulatively, he has 25. On average, obviously, this is basic math, he needs to average 10. I'm happy because he's really trying hard because he doesn't want to do it again. Because if he doesn't get to 100, he has to do it again. And the way we do it again is he gets 15 attempts. Okay, to get 100. Let's say he doesn't make it again. All right, now he gets 20 attempts to get to 100. And that's a way for me to create uh, stretch goals. He's motivated because he wants to get done. I know he's trying his best. And neither of us are mad if he doesn't make it because he can just do it again with 15 attempts. So the question might become, well, what happens if he just, if he figures that out and says, okay, I'm just going to mess up. And, and so I can get 15 more attempts. That's what my younger one would do. Well, you know, you're the parent and you're, you're the adult, so you're smart and you're creating the system. So I would describe it like this. Whatever behavior you want to change, build it into the game. So then in this scenario, I would say, okay, Adam, that's my older son. You got to get at least 50 to earn five more attempts. That way I'm not worried about him doing one juggle each 10 times and being like, okay, give me my 15 attempts. Okay, here's another one. What happens if he, you know, he's traveling throughout the entire yard and I want him to be able to control the ball in one space, right? That's really ball control. You can juggle, you can control the ball and stay there. I don't want you drifting all throughout the yard. Well, I just create a box, four cones. Put four cones and say, listen, if you if you juggling, you leave this box, you lose two attempts. Now his concentration, he's focused on staying in the box. 
And he's not too worried about it if he doesn't make it because he knows Daz is going to give him five more attempts the next time. This has been monumental in improving his juggle record. And that's something that's slightly difficult to, to, to do during on a video. The video is helpful for you establishing these interval-based routines and establishing a, a, a common taxonomy so it's easy for you to communicate to your child. Does that make, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Appreciate okay. it. And then to belabor the point, I don't say, tell my son, you need to move faster. Mm -mm. I just say, hey, you need to get to point A uh, to point B five times in 10 seconds or whatever. This is very easy for him to understand and very easy to, for me to measure. Okay, so that's the juggling. Again, we got, we're going to have over 100 videos on the juggling. I will... Also, uh, create a PDF that walks through what I'm talking about now. Some of it is trial and error, Mike, Michael, in this regard. You just know, you go on YouTube or you look at Anytime Soccer, you see what they're doing, and you set up a program for you, for your channel. But what I can't emphasize enough with juggling especially is don't make it too hard. It's better for them, the, the routine, when I first started with Adam and even with my younger one. Kick the ball to yourself, let it hit the ground one time, and catch it. Okay. Kick the ball in the air and catch it. Good. Kick the ball in the air and catch it using the inside of your foot. Great. Do the same thing with your outside of your foot. Perfect. Now, a month later, do it twice. And what you're going to see is they will practice this on their own in the form of play and they don't even realize it but you've introduced this concept to them what you don't want to do is ask them you can juggle 10 times that's a losing battle you're going to frustrate them you're going to be frustrated uh -uh. if you want them to juggle 10 times you got 10 times to get to 100 that's the same thing right yep. don't do it okay I want if you can't do it in a, if you can't do it in ten times, you get fifteen. You need to practice more, anyways. So that's that. All right. So now we're moving down the line. Ball mastery. So then I always go into a ball mastery session. This is different than dribbling and traveling. This is what you do in that small confined box. Again, I still use the interval-based uh, um, tactics, the interval-based format. That's your toe taps. You don't do your toe taps for 15 seconds, and then you rest for five to 10 seconds. This for 10. And the reason I like the ball mastery and the interval base is because literally you can do a, a ball mastery with five second intervals. So five seconds on, five seconds off before practice to get them warmed up. Again, anytime soccer will have over a hundred separate ball mastery videos but you can go on youtube as well and find countless um examples what they don't do uh too good in the rest of these sites is they're not a hundred percent follow along so that's that's one of the things we're going to uh, bring to the table is clear verbal instructions slow motion demonstration timer and then the next next exercise, next exercise, next exercise. I can't emphasize this enough, though. 
once the child once the child basically understands what you're trying to accomplish the drill and understands the verbal cue you can do it quickly on your own you can say okay this month this is what i used to do with my younger one before anytime soccer i mean my older one before anytime soccer toe taps and TikToks. we're going to make sure this week we know that 10 seconds on five seconds off 10 seconds on five seconds off that's the routine, and we're going to do it for uh, five minutes before practice or five minutes after practice, and he would master that. Then the next week, it would be two more drills, and then the next week would be two more drills, and then by the end of the month, we would have about six, six to uh, eight drills, and that would create the routine. And that's how he got these maximum repetitions without me talking too much. That's how anytime soccer curriculum is built, but, you know, I would be a hypocrite if I told you as a parent, you needed me to help make your child reach their full potential. I am here and anytime soccer training is here to help you, right? So that you don't make the same mistakes I did. But you can start right now. Toe tap stationary. 10 seconds on, five seconds off, three minutes. Toe taps moving around the world, inside, outside. All of this information is readily available. All right, so then we do a juggling. We have about a five, uh, one minute rest. Then we go straight into a ball mastery. And those ball mastery routines last between 10 to 15 minutes. Then we do a dribbling routine. My favorite, I have two favorites, either figure eight, or what I call five star, and I'll have to link that. In. I'll link one of the videos in the show notes. But that's basically five five cones set up in a cross that effectively allows a child to do four figure eights continuously. The reason I like figure eights and um, the five stars so much is because it, it it allows a child to use both feet, left foot, right foot, and all parts of the foot on the turns in a very short period of time. So you can do a figure eight drill. All you need is two cones. You can do a figure eight drill, um, you know, less than five minutes, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, right foot only, then left foot only, and then both feet. Then you can do toe taps figure eights, TikToks figure eights. Anytime soccer will have over 40 figure eight variation drills. Then you obviously can do the figure eight drills and the five star drills at different distances. So what I'll do with my older ones uh, very often, and I have to put this on the Facebook group, but what I'll do with them is I'll set the cones up. One set of figure eights will be one foot apart, forcing him to do light touches, chops. Then next to that one, he'll do, say, right foot, left foot, and both feet. That's 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off of three. That's one minute, right, plus the breaks. Then next to it will be two figure eight cones set up three feet apart. Again, right foot, left foot, both feet. He should be getting faster, but it's the same amount of touches with the breaks. Then the final one may be five to 10 feet apart, the same thing. So what you're doing is you're forcing him to get those extra touches, you're, I'm sorry, you're forcing him to do the figure eight at different distances, which increases where he should be increasing speed, but also um, keeping that same control. 
So I always do a dribbling. So that gets you to 10 minutes of juggling, about 10 minutes of ball mastery, about 10 minutes of dribbling, right? And then I'll normally end with either turns or some kind of finishing. The turns, again, are interval-based. And I can do a different, I can use different cone um, patterns where I'm focusing on inside foot turns, outside foot turns, pullback turns, croix turns. I'll link all of this into a PDF. But the bottom line is um, he's doing about 10 seconds on, five seconds off because he's traveling, working on different turns. And he can incorporate finishing in those turns because um, when you finish a turn, they can shoot. And then, then we also do a little bit of one-on-one where I'm just messing around with him in the yard. Now, each component, we talked about juggling, ball mastery, dribbling, turns, and finishing. Each component is between 10 to 5 minutes. And you can do each one of those components two to three days a week before or after practice. That's how I do it with my sons now. I'll do one of those components before or after practice. And then on a free day or off day, we might do the entire routine. And all of that then translates into thousands of extra touches and hundreds of extra hours per year. So I threw a lot at you uh, for this recording. I threw a lot at you. A lot of it, parents, I uh, have to follow up with some uh, written um, instructions, but I just wanted to share those tips with you now and then get your feedback, uh, Michael. Um, sounds like, you know, obviously it sounds like a lot. I mean, we, I know you mentioned you only use five or 10 minutes and what you're saying makes perfect sense in a sense of you want to get them involved and engaged from the timing perspective. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around of, okay, how do I do that? But with any, with any time uh, soccer training, sounds like I can go to that website. I can know the particular things that I'm trying to do, show that to my son. He can do those things and get familiar with them to where I don't have to show him the video over and over and over. Once he gets it, we can be out in the backyard and I can, and I, we can have it blocked off of 15 and we're going to do, toe touches, figure eights, and juggling, and be done. Yeah, so the way it works with anytime soccer or, you know, before anytime soccer is you would show him, this is what I did. I showed my son the videos, either YouTube or, or we demonstrated at home, and we agreed on what we were going to call them. So that's why I keep saying a common taxonomy so that I wasn't having to do a bunch of teaching and learning on the field. And then the emphasis was on him getting the most repetitions out of the training. So what, as it relates to anytime soccer training, again, you should watch the video or at least get an idea of the, of the information before you get to the field so that basically he's listening to the verbal cues. But I rarely, when my sons first started doing their trainings, rarely introduced more than two or three 
no more than three skills per session uh, category. Okay. So with the figure eight dribbling, I'm not doing 10 different fancy moves. Right foot, left foot, both feet. You need to practice that this week. Next week, it might be one review of right foot, left foot, and both feet, but then we'll add scissors in between the cones. Gotcha. Then you need, you need to practice figure eight with the scissors between the cones for a week. Then the next week, we're doing step overs. And then by the end of the month, he's got about five or six figure eight drills. And I can't emphasize this enough, but you're not having to explain what you're talking about when you say scissors. Now, let's pivot to, let me show, I'm going to share my screen really quickly and show the listeners, uh, if they're watching this on YouTube, basically what I'm talking about. And then, Michael, um, and let me know, it's not, it looks like you got somebody about to come to your house. Uh, I don't know, but then you're going to show us the equipment you got, and we're going to talk about how we incorporate the equipment into it and what, what equipment you got and what I recommend, and then that we'll close the loop with some final thoughts. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. So if you look here, this is the, as a matter of fact, actually, let me log out here. So parents, you'll be able to you know, log in, single side on. Your, your child could log in too, but I, as a parent, I hated trying to remember my child's password. So you can log in here as a single side on. Boom. Then here are the different children. Uh, I'll just use the top one. So now I'm logged on as that child. So what I'm getting at is within the ball mastery. So here are three uh, different modules. Within the ball mastery, he kicks, uh, you click here and you see which area that I want to focus on, right? So we'll start it with the beginners. You just click there and you have all the different drills, um, different videos. And the green shows you sort of what you've done. So you haven't done these. There are more here. And they're labeled to show you what, what this particular routine is focused on. There, we will add a tracker to the website. Uh, but initially, we have a printout tracker, which gives parents some tips on sort of uh, what we how we recommend using the product, uh, along with a 28-day tracker that you can print and put on your refrigerator. Um, so I hope you were able to see that. And so literally, you can use it on your phone or on your uh, PC, Mac, any device. You just click play, and in the video, hopefully technology won't load, won't let me down because uh, Zoom kind of funny. You just hit the video and you get started. So. Uh, and we'll add additional content every um, every week. So here they're doing a demonstration. Your child sees that, and then they and they build on it. And so you can see, this is Michael, what I'm saying, the interval timer. But if there's a, if there is, and I'm going to stop the video now, if there's a, you know, a move that you see that you want to introduce to your child, um, you can still use the same sort of format because I think the format is what's most powerful. 
So I will stop there. I want to see what equipment did you purchase uh, to get started with, Michael? You're on mute. You're on mute. Oh, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you, but uh, I just want to see. I'm going to stop sharing my screen, and I want to um, I want to see what equipment. Yeah, that's better. When you shared your screen, I couldn't see anything but nothing. Hold on a sec. All right, so I bought these. Can you see these? Okay, all right. Those. I bought a whole bunch of cones. I have cones like these, and then I also have the short cones that are in the backyard okay. right now. I bought a different size balls. Two different size balls. Okay. And I got these uh, these little these little uh, goals, little small goals. Okay. Th that's it. I got tired of clicking on Amazon, so I decided to stop. Stop. Doing well, it. hey, I think you got enough equipment for all of us. I said we can't get what we need to with that. We just can't get there. So I, I want to know how do I use these things really quickly. And you're right. Um, people did pull up at my house. I have a couple more minutes because um, people are in my house now. Yeah, I know. I get you. All right. Now, you've been gracious with your time. So let me give you, let me take one nuance point. Let me make a nuance point between the disc cones, the disc, which are small and flat, and the cones that you have, which I actually recommend. You obviously can use those cones for dribbling exercises, but when you use the the actual cones that you have, it forces the child to move their feet around the ball. Yeah. So I like that. I also like the tall poles uh, as well, because that forces the child to move their own, their entire body while dribbling, or obviously agil agility as well. But the problem with the tall poles is you can't use them on artificial turf unless you get a, a platform for them. Yeah, so the reason I got the taller cones as well as I've noticed when it, with the smaller flat disc cone cones you talked about when we were doing the figure eight drill I don't think he was doing it intentionally but you could step over it so when you when you yes. make that make that turn the cone is in between your legs and he didn't even recognize it even when I tried to make him hey you need to go around it it's still a little more it's harder but if you have if I stood there as the cone, then he has to go fully around me. So that's the main reason we bought those. Yeah, and I and I often say as parents, you don't want to do that much talking. If and that's what I mean. And I learned that the hard way because I had the same thing. And I would keep saying, you know, to my son, don't straddle the cone, don't straddle the cone, because I wanted him to work on quick feet. And it dawned on me, no, no, no. If he's doing something uh, repetitively, I just need to change the the system. Yeah. And that's why I got those cones. In terms of the, um, not ladders, not ladders, but I know what you're talking about, the thing that you step over. Yes. I, I use those a lot with aerial control, believe it or not. So I toss him the ball. He has to jump over that. And then I toss him the ball again, and he's kicking it back to me. Again, tossing it, kicking it back to me, tossing it, kicking it back to him, to me. And for our younger kids, Older kids as well, but definitely our younger, younger kids, I love when they're jumping and doing that kind of stuff on one leg to, to work on balance and coordination. And I also like it when you get them to jump and have to stand still. Because a lot of times they can do stuff, but they don't have enough balance or coordination to stand still. 
So that's, I use that, I use that a lot with, and I might have three or four of them where they have to jump, 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 aerial control, kick it and toss it, jump, 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 aerial control, kick it and toss it. And I recommend that you have several balls because when they first get started, they're going to kick the ball too hard and kick it away. And you want to be able to, again, because we're trying to save time, you want to be able to get it right back into them. And you can still use the interval timer. So I might say, all right, we're doing laces. He's jump, 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 kick. Jump, 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 kick for 20 seconds, 10-second rest. In terms of the goals, there's obvious free play, passing, and stuff of that nature. All right? And so we'll put this into a PDF and make it nice and clean. But those are some tips that I would start with. So to put this in a bow, always do a juggling or aerial control routine. You can do one in two minutes. Incorporate a ball mastery, even if it's just one skill. Do some dribbling. You can do figure eights, even if it's one minute. Right foot only, left foot only, both feet only, 15 seconds on, 10 seconds off, it's fine. And then try to incorporate some turns. But I typically, with my turns, I focus on, in all of these, I, I said one to two, three turns at the most. So I hope you found this helpful. I hope the parents listening found this helpful. I hope you can hear in my voice how passionate I am about this because I think it only takes 10, 15 minutes a day two, three times a week for your child to really become that much more technical if they're in the right, um, the right coaching environment. So Michael, I know, you, I know you're running, you got guests coming. That's the life of a parent, we get it. Uh, <laughs> does anything else you wanna say before we close out? No, I, I, you know, I pretty much, I appreciate you know, your, your time. I got a lot of information here. I'm looking forward to following up with you as well. Um, but this was good, a lot, of, a lot of good detailed information. All right, so mid-June, we're launching Anytime Soccer. We're going to do a special promotion that um, you, can't, you can't resist. So look forward to that as well. All right, this is the Inside Scoop. This is Neil Crawford with parent Michael Byers. We're coming out of Cary, North Carolina. Check out www.anytime-soccer.com for more information. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a nice day. Take care. Let's Thanks. get better together. <laughs>